Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Welcome to Faculty Feed. Today, we're going to have a rousing discussion between myself, Laura, and Stacy around what most of you would consider to be the driest, stalest of topics, the writing of learning objectives. Look, stick with us. We promise to make this worth your time. And how can you have a learning objective podcast without setting up a learning objective for the podcast at the beginning? So, Laura, what should our learning objective for our participants today be? So after listening to this podcast episode, listeners will be able to generate their own learning objective using Blooms for an upcoming class or presentation or continuing education module, et cetera. That's our learning objective for this episode. That's a great learning objective. I think everyone should be able to meet that objective at the end of this session. Stacy, welcome as our guest this week on Faculty Feed, where we're going to expose the ins and outs, the truth, and the misunderstandings around learning objectives and why they really are so important. And I want the audience to know that I've been converted, and in these five years, I've come to really understand why learning objectives are so important. So, Stacy, thank you for your willingness to subject to some deep questions about learning objectives to convince our audience that they, too, should embrace them. Maybe before we have the audience turn off this episode because they, <laughs> they hear that it's about learning objectives and they don't want to know anymore. Stacy, why should everyone listen to there this episode? Go. Oh, my word. Why should you listen to it? This is most important. So you all have to write learning objectives for something. Either you are teaching in a class, you're doing a grand rounds, you're doing a presentation, you're doing a paper present, you're doing something where you're presenting or teaching to another group. And especially if it's uh, something that's granting CE or CME credit, they're going to ask you up front, what are the learning objectives for this talk, presentation, whatever it happens to be? And guess what? This episode is going to make this that process so much easier. Uh, you, will, you will thank me tomorrow. I promise. I don't turn it off. Hang in there, guys. It's only 25 minutes. Well, so Stacey, we often start these episodes asking the guests about their backstory. So tell us about how did you first learn how to write learning objectives? Oh, my word. That's hard for me to, to think through because I remember I started teaching without any education background. All right. So I when I first started teaching high school science, and that included AP Biology, I had taught without ever knowing anything about learning objectives. Wow. I know, believe it or not, wow. I knew nothing about learning objectives. It wasn't until I started my master's program at University of Texas at Austin, where I was actually getting a master's degree in science education, where 
these things were taught to me because I had no background knowledge in it before that point in time. Which is probably like a lot of our audience too, right? Absolutely. A lot of the um, faculty on HSC here are going through a program and not having that formal education training, but they're expected to write learning objectives. And it's true, not just of physicians and nursing faculty, but even people getting graduate and doctoral degrees Mm -hmm. in basic sciences. Absolutely. Don't get, it was astounding for us to discover that they don't get this foundational exposure to the importance of learning objectives. They know a lot about biochemistry, but not about how to write learning objectives. So this is to fill that knowledge gap right here in 30 minutes. Well, why don't we start then at the basic level? What are learning objectives and what purpose do they serve? The way I like to think about a learning objective, it is what you want the audience, the the student, the resident, the fellow, whoever you are presenting content to. It is what you want them to be able to know or do at the end of your time with them. So if you're giving a grand rounds presentation, you have 55 minutes, at the end of that grand round session, what do you want the audience, you know, if they're listening virtually or in the seated in front of you, what do you want them to know or be able to do or, you know, know and do uh, at the end of that time frame? So, and also, they also could be, learning objectives could be around an entire course. Like, what do you want um when the CADE or the, uh, you know, the gross anatomy type course, when that is finished for the first year medical students, what do we need them to know and be able to do around that content at the end of the course? And it can also be look programmatic. What do we want our medical students when they graduate? What do we want them to know and be able to do when they finish medical school or dental school or nursing school? So that is probably why when you when you have to write a learning objective typically you have this on the front of the stem you know mm. at the end of this activity or correct. at the end of this course or there's some sort of time component correct because it's related to the scope of the activity and i think most people don't realize that learning objectives are as you described an individual hour of instruction a course over a semester or a four year degree mhm and But learning objectives are learning objectives. It's a matter of what are you applying them to. And we don't think about them often that way because as individuals, we're writing them for the one-hour Grand Rounds presentation. Correct. So even for people who aren't writing learning objectives, why is this important for them to know? Chances are you're actually seeing learning objectives. So whether or not it's a research presentation or you're doing a research presentation, you're sitting in a session somebody is giving, they're going to provide you with the learning objectives. And so that kind of brings us like, why are they so important? Is because not only do learning objectives help the faculty or the presenter define what it is that they're going to do during their session, but it also gives the audience the intended outcome. So it helps both both sides of the equation. So it's a begin with the end in mind then. You got it. Okay. So how do you go about making a learning objective? Well, it's really pretty easy. The first thing, well, you brought it up, begin with the end in mind. Think about the topic or whatever it is that you are planning to discuss 
and determine what is it that you want your audience to know or be able to do. Once you have determined that, it's really a good idea to be thinking about how are you going to be able to figure that out? Like, what's how would you assess that? Um, and that will help you write the learning objective. So what you're trying to tell me is the learning objective should become should come before the assessment. Yes, it should. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And so, so the implication then is don't write a learning objective that you're unable to assess. That is also Whether very it's in important. the hour or the course for the semester or for the four years, write it so that there's something you can actually tell, did this actually occur? Are they now able to do and demonstrate that they can do, or, or you said actually no, as a result of this presentation that you've made? So as you, the presenter or the educator... It's, it's ideal if you can do something that you can visually see or get audience response or some type of technology, get some feedback from the audience so that you can determine, did you meet that learning objective? Is, and that's helping you to assess that learning objective. Were you able to meet it? So Stacy, in my experience, that's where it all falls down, right? A learning objective is written, even if it's written very well, the presenter often isn't doing the assessment at the end of the session to make sure that that content got through, was accepted, they have new skill, whatever it is that that objective was trying to achieve. And so what's the value of, and maybe this is where most people feel that this is just a waste of time. What's the value of a learning objective if it is not assessed? Why did you write it? Yeah. Why did you do the presentation? So if we're stuck with the learning objective thing at the front end, you, it's like a for me. It's like a pair of scissors. If you only have one blade of the scissors, is <laughs> limited utility to it. That we write in a learning things, objective. But... The assessment allows you to bind those two, and then you can actually do something. Right. Do something with that. Otherwise, why did you have to write it? Why did they make you do it? And I think that's why many people think this is just pointless, busy work. But there is a great value, and I think that assessment piece is what ties it together for me. One of the things that you, you talk about with learning objectives um, that I remember from your the health professions education program is you talk about um, learning objectives also kind of shaping the path for what's going to be included in the session. Oh, my. Yes. So, so many faculty or people in general, you have your favorite pet topics. Let's, let's pretend I get to do a presentation on, you know, learning objectives <laughs> and... <laughs> But I could go in really, really in depth and we could talk about all the nuances and different ways to assess cognitive and abilities. But if I write my learning objective ahead of time, I know my path, right? I know where I need to go. And that's going to keep me from straying, right? It's going to keep me on the path. So I'm not jumping down a rabbit hole and saying, you guys don't need to know about this. But let me tell you, because that's a waste of your participants time. And it's a waste of your time. So if you write your learning objectives ahead of time, it's going to make, you know, keep you on the straight and narrow. But how many people write their PowerPoint, choose their slides, choose the illustrations, and at the very end say, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I have to write learning objectives, and that's when they write them. Cats out of the bag, horses out of the barn. I mean, it's just not doing the things you're asking it to do, where it defines your path, 
It excludes things that you've decided not to include in the presentation. And your ability to assess is now compromised. Mm -hmm. And so I was guilty of this very thing where the learning objectives were an afterthought. Oh, yeah, I've got to provide the learning objectives. Let me send those in. And I had it wrong. I had it backwards, and I had it wrong. And I think many people listening today probably still have it wrong. I would agree. So what other misconceptions or what other errors do you see a lot with uh, educators who are having to write learning objectives? Some learning objectives, and sometimes people call them LOs, so some LOs, um, I have seen like a list of questions, like it is the heading, learning objectives for today, and then like 20 questions. And I'm to me, a learning objective is a statement of what the learner will know or be able to do at the end of the time frame that is specified. It is not a list of questions for the students or participants to answer. And in addition, it's not um, a list of activities either. It's not, you know, first you're going to do this and then do that. And that's not the learning objective. Um, one of the big things that I see a lot of uh, in my teaching and because um, I'm teaching faculty about teaching and as they start to practice writing their own learning objectives, they will use terminology that is not measurable. And what I mean by that is they will use very vague terms or verbs that you can't really see what's going on inside people's heads. So they would say, the learner will understand the learner will appreciate, the learner will learn. Come you know, to know. Come to know, right? And so when I'm looking out over the audience and I'm doing a presentation, I can't see inside their brains to figure out, did they come to know what it is that I'm talking about? <laughs> and so that's why it's really great to start with an actionable verb. And so that kind of brings us around to this whole big topic of Bloom's taxonomy. Let's talk about Bloom's for just a second. Imagine a pyramid. Bloom's has six levels, and as you move up to the, the apex of the pyramid, the cognitive skills get more difficult. And so at the very bottom of the pyramid, we have remember, which is a very low cognitive skill. It's not a bad cognitive skill. We all have to remember things, so don't think of it as negative. It is foundational. It's definitely foundational. That's why it's at the bottom. <laughs> it is. It's the bottom of the pyramid. It's holding the thing up. And then as you move up the pyramid, the next level is to understand. And really, that's just constructing some meaning, right? You can remember what the humorous is, but do you know what the humorous, you know, what's it do? Why is it there? Um, and then as you go up, you have apply. And so to apply things, that's where you're taking the, the understanding and actually um, solving a problem or completing a task with it. And then from there, it gets a little more complex, and that is analyze. And now analyze is breaking things down into its constituent parts, um, figure out how the parts work together, and then the next step up is evaluate. And so that's a judgment call, right? So is this the right drug to use? Can you justify the use of this medication? And then at the apex, the top of the pyramid, we have create. And so that's just taking the knowledge that you've you've gained and doing something new or innovative with it. 
All right, so that is kind of the, the Bloom's Pyramid as it moves from low cognitive skills to more complex cognitive skills at the top. So one of the things they said really helped me when I started to get serious about learning objectives was to recognize not only that they have these six different levels inside of it, but that each level contains verbs. Oh, yeah. And these are the verbs that you choose when you write the learning objective. And, Makes and it so easy. if I really think I need them to be able to create a paragraph that describes the differential diagnosis of a case that we are presenting in this session. And at the end of the session, they will have the ability to write a paragraph that makes sense, that's logical around what the differential diagnosis is. Well, that could be all the way at the top. At it create, very well could be. Right? And so I would look at the create level, and I'd look at the verbs available there, like design and modify, develop, invent, propose, generate, um, devise. And, oh, now it's easier to see. If I want them to be able to do that, and I'm going to see this paragraph at the end, I've got to pick a verb that matches what I want them to do. That's what helped me five years ago to figure this out. And that's what faculty need to do when they're writing the learning objectives. So let's take it from a classroom perspective, okay. like you're teaching a class. You, as the, the instructor, you need to identify what it is that the learner needs to know and be able to do, and then how is that going to be assessed on their exam? Right. Because if you are asking in the classroom, if you are just telling them they need to remember this or understand that, but your assessment is asking them to analyze and evaluate. Well, that is what we call a misalignment, because what they're doing in class does not it's, it's not the same as what you're asking them on the assessment. And vice versa can be also true, right? Where in class, you're asking them to do really complex cognitive skills, but then their assessment is all remember and understand. And so it's very important for faculty to come to understand what is the cognitive skill you need your learner to be able to do with this knowledge you are providing them. So the way you describe this, this takes tremendous planning and forethought. Because the alignment is not only within the session, but it's alignment to what the evaluation might be, whether it's something within the class session or uh, end of semester test. Mm -hmm. And what it's the reason you can't write the learning objectives after you've done the presentation and or made the PowerPoint, after right? after you write the assessment or after you write the test. Right. So it, it, for it to all align, you have to start with learning objectives. That then drives how you might assess them. And, and so, but I think that's, that's certainly something that was never explained <laughs> to me in the 31 years prior to your arrival into my world of thinking about this stuff. Right. And, and I think that's maybe the biggest missing link for most faculty at the Health Sciences Center is don't just make me do it but drive home this need for alignment with the assessment mm -hmm. and the need for how the content is then developed based on whatever you write the learning objective to Right. Make. So the natural progression would be, all right, I'm doing a presentation or I'm teaching a class on topic X. I determine my um, objectives around topic X for the one hour session. Then maybe they're going to have an assessment next week. 
from writing my learning objectives, I then write my assessment. How am I going to assess the learning objectives? Once I have written the assessment, then I plan the activities that they will do in class in order to be successful on the assessment. So Stacy, what would you like listeners to do uh, next week after they hear this episode? So this is pretty easy. Folks, number one thing is first you have to recall what our learning objective was for this session, which was by the end of this you know, 20 minute podcast, you will be able to use Bloom's taxonomy to write a learning objective, a good learning objective for an upcoming presentation or talk. So step number one, go to Google or some other search engine, type in Bloom's taxonomy, get a list of verbs, determine what cognitive skill and content you need to uh, pull together and then work on writing a learning objective. If you wanna email it to me, I'm more than happy to look at it. There's our assessment. There's our assessment. <laughs> well, Stacy, thank you so much for coming and uh, sharing your, your wealth of knowledge about learning objectives. I'm sure this is gonna make it a lot easier for the folks out there. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at factfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more Come hungry.